following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Hour two on Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving Eve. I think I'm ready for the holiday weekend, so Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, inside this hour, conversation about Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday with five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman in Ann Arbor, Doug Skeen. That conversation in a few moments. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com on the Lions and the Bills tomorrow. And John Conlon, one of our soccer insiders on another huge day in Qatar at the World Cup and his preview on America taking on England on Friday in the World Cup in group play. You want to join in on the conversation, your huge predictions on Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and the Lions and the Bills. That's our Bud Light huge question of the day. Answer that at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. All of our social network interaction is presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They have a basketball game Sunday inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. And every Sunday home game, family four packs are only 40 bucks, or 50 bucks, excuse me. Uh, you get the four tickets and you get a $20 concessions voucher. So $50 will get you a family four pack of tickets with a $20 concessions voucher included. $50. It's a pretty cool deal. That's presented by Meyer. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Van Andel Arena box office or just search Grand Rapids Gold. Now to get your tickets. Family four pack and a $20 concessions voucher for $50 to watch next level stud basketball talent, the Grand Rapids Gold, this Sunday in downtown GR at Van Andel Arena. We're also less than an hour from our weekly DraftKings NFL Power Hour where former Steelers running back Merrill Hodge, he predicted every victory they've had the last three. He says they're one of the most dynamic teams in football in terms of the way they're playing and start to finish. He hadn't seen a game like that in the NFL all year. My conversation with Merrill and the DraftKings NFL Power Hour coming up within 60 minutes. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get in on the action for the Lions and the Bills tomorrow and all the NFL games all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE uh, to get the hookups. That's the promo code HUGE uh, after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you are set to sign up. Doug Skeen. Five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s at the University of Michigan. Also co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast. You can hear weekly at thewolverine.com. He's standing by in the Meyer guest line. And let's talk about Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday. Welcome back, Skeener. 
Good to be here, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, it's Thanksgiving week. That means Michigan-Ohio State, no matter what the records are, but here they are, both undefeated. Uh, monster game in Columbus. The checklist for Harbaugh. Uh, he hasn't won at Columbus, and he hasn't won that national championship. And something that Ballas told us earlier, you won't know until game time how good Quorum is in terms of if he's good to go or even good enough to contribute. That, that to me, is the biggest factor here on Michigan-Ohio State week. Yeah, there's no question in my mind. But I think there's another couple others, Bill, that I think stand out. I think we need to be we need to have Keegan in there at left guard. El Hadi's done a nice job in, in backing him up in there. But I think Keegan is a more polished left guard and a little bit better in there than the young player, El Hadi, who's got a lot of upside. But we really need our starting left guard back in there to complement Oluwatimi in the middle. And it'd be nice to get Schoonmaker back, Schoonmaker back at the tight end position, running and catching some of those balls. And then the other thing that has to happen in my mind is, yes, we need to have a, absolutely a healthy Blake Corum back there. But J.J. McCarthy is going to have to play his very best game, putting balls in very catchable spots where it belongs, on time. And they're going to have to be caught because the clunkiness of this passing offense, which really was exposed last week against Illinois, if we play at that level, it'll be ugly in Columbus. What about the struggles of J.J. McCarthy that really haven't been amplified until Quorum got hurt? And his touch on short throws, you know, Anthony should have caught the touchdown. Uh, but just the lack of touch from McCarthy, and they haven't had to rely on him all season to win games. It's pretty much been both lines and Quorum and Edwards at times. Why the struggles of J.J. McCarthy on simple, easy throws? Well, I think part of that, Bill, is, is uh, you know, I talk about this all the time in the podcast and from experience. In that first quarter against Illinois, J.J. took three significant hits after releasing the football. And I say this time and time again. If you, as a defense, can get to a quarterback in the first quarter of a football game it doesn't have to be sacks and tackles for losses, but if you can get good physical pops on that guy, it makes quarterbacks nervous. It sets them, it sets them off for the rest of their day. They're worried about protection. Instead of sitting in there reading a defense and finding a comfort level of putting the ball where it belongs. And that happened Saturday. And in that first quarter specifically, he's on the ground three times after releasing the football. It's not good. I think that goes a long way in making a guy a little bit jumpy and a little bit nervous. The ball doesn't come where it needs to go. And then on the other side of, the, of that throw is our receivers have got to do a better job of getting separation, getting open. This has been an issue all year, but more specifically has been highlighted in the last half of the season. I go back the first half against Michigan State. They were covering our guys with fair, fairly easily there in just one-on-one man-up defense. And so once again, Illinois kind of did the same thing, and, and it's, it's a two-way street, right, Bill? So you got to protect that quarterback back in there. J.J.'s got to throw a very catchable ball, but there were several throws there against Illinois where the ball is arriving at the same time that defensive back is is over the top smacking that thing down. So you need a step or two of separation that we just don't seem to be getting. And then when you do have the chance with the big ball downfield and it hits you square in the hands and maybe bounces off your face mask, well, we all know that's just not good enough. Why the receiver issue? Because, you know, we talked uh, at our Telling More 
fall football summit uh, to preview the season that we, we thought the receiving core was the strength of this team going in. And yet they, they look extremely slow on cuts, the separation. Uh, how many times have we seen a receiver wide open? I, I would think, well, I, I would think with the University of Michigan that there are a couple guys where you tell them to run and they should be able to outrun anybody, right? Well, in, in, certainly in the past, we've had many, many great players that have come through the program that we can all list off and name. But for whatever reason, this batch of guys, I would say, as you and I, going back to Tullymore, we talk about this often. They're good, not great, right? And and, and so I think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know Ronnie Bell and, and Roman Wilson out there, and Cornelius Johnson, they've done a nice job. They've been, and Andrell Anthony, you know, there's a lot of potential there, but I don't see any consistent game breaking out there or any consistent, you know, guys that, that a defense looks at and goes, Oh man, we got to roll a safety over here. We're going to have to help this corner on this guy. I don't, I don't see anybody in our receiving core that demands that kind of attention because we're not getting consistent separation specifically in man to man coverages. So that's why, you know, our tight end has become so important in this offense to run, to run those receivers off, clear out a mid-route, crossing over the middle, and J.J. has been pretty good all year long at hitting that guy across the middle there. And he's doing it now with the young freshman tight end. Uh, Schoonmaker's out with his shoulder injury there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just something, Bill, that's been just coming along. And, yeah, we thought that this group would be much, much better than they are. And like I said, I think they're good. I don't know that I'd use the great word with them. But to go into Columbus and win, you have to be great. Was Michigan better at QB with Cade McNamara than J.J. McCarthy? I don't necessarily believe that. I think that, uh, you know, as there's a lot of obvious, there's obvious skill differences and talent differences between these two quarterbacks. And many times this year in key situations, J.J. has put that ball underneath his armpit and taken off and ran and gotten first downs in key situations. Cade doesn't have that kind of speed with his feet. And when we re- when we run the read zone, and, and Cade really never was a threat to pull that thing and keep it around the end, I think J.J. is. It keeps the defense a little more honest. If you watch the games this year, defenses have had to hang a linebacker in there and spy J.J. often. And then based on what he's doing, they'll let him go or, or set him back in coverage. But this quarterback, McCarthy here, requires someone to have eyeballs in him because of his feet. I don't know that that uh, McNamara really uh, required that. So I, I listen. I'm a big fan of Cade McNamara. That kid led us to a, 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 a Big Ten title and beat Ohio State. That's something that hadn't been done in a long, long time. He's a championship. And he's a captain. So that kid's going to have my respect forever. Forever. But the raw talent gap, I think, is measurable with these two young men. But I don't know that the, the results of this season. Uh, would have been dramatically different had Cade been in there. In fact, it might have been a little bit different to the worse without the ability to run that football when we needed to. Well, and by the way, uh, end of the day, it's not about personal stats at Michigan. That they're, you know, you're you're number three in the country and you're undefeated going into Columbus. So, <laughs> you know, we're we're really nitpicking, Doug. Hey, like, hey, you know, would well, they I, be? Oh, I hear. You know, I I think what I meant would they be better in terms of the skill at the QB position, not necessarily. They couldn't improve. Like, would they have three extra wins? Would they be fourteen and zero right now with Cade? Well, Bill, here's another, here's another way to look at it. So let's let's punch a, a healthy Cade McNamara in there. Would that make our receivers get open any bit better? Any better? I don't think so. 
That's so, a good uh, point. Uh, you know, here's one thing that concerns me, and you played the game a hell of a lot more than I have, Doug. The body language of confidence with J.J. McCarthy doesn't look there like it was last year in that spot fill-in role. Well, that's certainly something I look at a lot is, is the body language of an offensive huddle. And certainly you look into the quarterback. It's one of the great things about you know modern broadcast to watching football now. They get those tight views of the, the eyeballs of these kids out there playing. You can see sometimes the ones that look absolutely cool in the moment and, and others that have a look of pain on their face and others that look, have a look of panic. When you're standing in that huddle, you want you want to look in the eyeballs and see someone who's calm, cool, and collected, and and, and has that that look of "Let's go, we got this." Watch what I'm about to do. Um, and there may have been a little bit of that. And again, Bill, I think this comes back to the confidence that gets created by healthy stand-up protection by a quarterback that can deliver footballs that get caught for first downs, versus a guy who's getting hit, badgered, running for his life a little bit back in there. You know, his heart rate's up more than it normally would be playing a football game because he's tired from running running around trying to save himself. And I think a little bit too much for comfort, as well as this offensive line has played this year, for a quarterback who's trying to find his moxie and trying to find his swagger, you can't let the guy get hit. Um, so yeah, those things need to be cleaned up. And as, as it relates to this coming Saturday in Columbus, Watch for the first quarter hits on the quarterback. We've got to keep him clean. He's got to feel comfortable in there and stand in there and find his guys. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a talented co-host. Actually, he's sitting in the A chair next to the A microphone with Chris Ballas <laughs> on the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. You can hear that weekly uh, throughout the season. He's joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. You know, Doug, I, I wonder with the receivers, uh, like a drag route, like the way they use their tight ends, why aren't they using their receivers like that? It seems every route with the receivers is 40 yards down the field. Well, yeah, I know that's, that's a perception that can be created, but uh, I think those routes are there. Bill. I think defenses have done a nice job of clogging that middle of the field there. And so when you're running those routes and you've got linebackers that are hanging in the zone defense in there, you've got to go, you got to throw it right away before you get into traffic, or you've got to wait and wait and wait for that guy to clear the traffic before you can let, let, let go of that football. And sometimes he hasn't had the time to wait. Uh, this last Saturday, a few occasions, like I talked about, he certainly didn't. He had to get rid of the football. Um, that was one of the things that going back to last year, I just thought that, that McNamara, there's, here's one thing that I think McNamara is better than J.J. at. The crossing route pattern, that lead throw, J.J. throws a nice football and is outstanding on the run. Um, but standing in a pocket, throwing the, the right to left or left to right pass, well, I just thought McNamara was outstanding at that. So there's one difference, I think, that goes in the check mark. Boom. The other guy. Boom. I knew but, it. I wasn't left on an but, island. Skeen came back and got me. <laughs> he brought he brought the motorboat back. Uh, he does a lot of motorboating during the summer. And he brought it back, and he picked me up. He says, I'm putting the motorboating aside. I got to go get huge. Uh, Doug, well, uh, well, again, you are you got a you got that big boat over there, like Port Huron, don't you? No, we're in Towers Bay, East Towers, Michigan. I didn't know. Well, that's over there somewhere with hundred point nine FM listeners. <laughs> I know we're over. Uh, you're over there. I, me and Ballas, uh, the invitations keep flowing from you and your wife. I got to keep denying them about joining us on your boat. 
I probably got a better chance of getting on Jerry Jones or Tiger Woods' boats than I do Doug Skeen's boat. Yeah. Oh, next summer. Next summer. Yeah, great. I got a T-shirt that says next summer. I've wore it for six years. (laughs) All right, Doug. Get you out there, Bill. Yeah, thanks. We'll we'll see you there. Uh, Let's uh, talk about how Michigan, uh, what they need to do. Uh, how they do it to beat Ohio State on Saturday. What what to you, Doug, based on the team you've watched all season long, what is the perfect game plan to beat Ohio State and get back to the Big Ten Championship for Michigan? Well, you mentioned 150 yards for Corum. I think it's got to be 150 yards rushing for whoever. Um, if it's Blake Corum, I think that's all the better because he has a way of wearing defenses down and frustrating guys because the guy just always fights forward for a few yards. I think our other backs are really nice. They don't seem to have the same kind of after-contact power that Blake does for a guy of his size. He does a super job at that. So, And, of course, you can check the turnover box. You can't have any turnovers down there. So Michigan's done a pretty good job this year of protecting that football. So no turnovers. Give me 150-plus yards of rushing offense. Give me a time of possession victory against the Ohio State offense. Uh, Do not fall behind. You can't let them score fast. We've got to find a way to pressure their quarterback and get him out of some uh, some rhythm himself. Uh, hang on tight against that wide receiver core of, of Ohio State with, with Harrison Jr. I mean, good grief, they're so good. Uh, you can't let that quarterback get going. So the recipe for Michigan is the same as we've seen all year long. you got to control the football, keep the football, keep that offense on the sideline, protect it. And, Bill, if we score, if I'm saying this, if we kick more than two field goals, in this game uh, down inside the red zone, then boy, oh boy, I I think that's going to make it awfully tough to win. Uh, You've got to score touchdowns when you're on the road in Columbus to win. Well put, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. People always ask, how'd he get five, Bill? I think he's lying. No, he was a red shirt. He got five late 80s early 90s in Ann Arbor. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. Him and Chris do a great job at thewolverine.com. Doug, before I let you go, I need your prediction. Final score Saturday in Columbus. Ouch. You're going to put me on the spot. Well, here it goes. As painful as it is to say this out loud, I don't know that we have enough going here with injuries. And I don't know that our passing game is going to be enough to keep up with the Buckeyes. I hate to say this but I think Ohio State gets us by at least 10 points. Um, the home factor alone is usually worth a touchdown and a half for the home team in this rivalry. Um, this Ohio State team is loaded with offensive talent. I don't know that we can keep up. I think Ohio State, like 35, Michigan 21-ish, somewhere in there, sadly. Uh, Doug and Chris will be in a secret location throughout the holiday weekend because of their predictions. Uh, They will not be interacting with public, and uh, the Maize and Blue Secret Service has put them in uh, broadcaster protection. Uh, through the end of the game on Saturday. I want to be wrong. I well, you guys, wrong. I tell you, like I told Ballas earlier, you're really lining up the subscriptions and getting people going to the Wolverine.com <laughs> to hear the uh, Michigan football podcast. But I respect you, Doug, because even with a, uh, a collection of five rings, you're on. It's like Ballas is, and that's why people uh, respect you. Well done. Uh, enjoy the holiday weekend and the game, and we'll talk Monday and look back at it. All right, thanks, and happy Thanksgiving once again. Go Blue. 
We do have an update uh, from Washtenaw County in regards to the tunnel fiasco after the Michigan-Michigan State game. Charges, and they're all allegations, but they have been filed against seven Michigan State football players. Kari Crump, one count of felonious assault, a felony. Etavian Brown, one count of aggravated assault, a misdemeanor. Angelo Gross, one count of aggravated assault, a misdemeanor. Justin White, one count of aggravated assault, a misdemeanor. Brandon Wright, one count of aggravated assault, a misdemeanor. Zion Young, one count of aggravated assault, a misdemeanor. And Jacoby Winman, one count of assault and battery, a misdemeanor. As they stated, all charges are merely allegations. Those charged are presumed innocent until and unless proven guilty. In Washtenaw County, a Michigan State football player getting a fair shake from prosecutors or a jury. I don't think it will go there. I think there'll be, I don't know if there's plea bargains or deals cut. I don't think it goes beyond this. I don't. Uh, There could be some civil suits in regards to anybody uh, who was hurt. You do have to step back and wonder where the University of Michigan is based, can Michigan State football players get a fair shake from prosecutors and the justice system? I'm not laughing at any any situation in that tunnel. But seven players on the eve of Thanksgiving with Michigan State having to beat Penn State to be bowl eligible on Saturday... This is easily the worst year for Mel Tucker, and I don't care about his $95 million deal. I think he is on the clock beginning Saturday. That if he is 4-8 and eight or 5-7 and seven or not going to a bowl next year, there's enough money with the Spartan boosters to buy him out. And this is incident off a year where it looks like, unless they win their biggest game ever on the road, really, Against Penn State, you coupled not going to a bowl and seven guys getting charged, making national news? That's not what the boosters anted up with that $95 million deal. You don't need a hashtag. You don't need deep water. You don't need the woodshed. You need a program where players aren't getting charged in mass. For assault. You need a program that isn't embarrassed at home time and time again in front of hard working Spartan ticket buying public. If this was happening to a Michigan coach right now, he would be roasted. For some reason, Mel Tucker has avoided the heat. Now, Tim Stout said, well, the heat in Lansing is real. No, I'm talking the way the media has handled Mel Tucker compared to the way they've handled Rich Rod, Brady Hoke, and even Harbaugh when he wasn't meeting expectations. So I don't want to hear it from another Michigan State fan about, well, yeah, you favor Harbaugh. No, you know what? I had a pretty good relationship with Harbaugh, but I had to be honest on air. Oh, yeah, and I'm not invited back to host anything. I wasn't in the running to be the next voice of Michigan football. 
because I owe it to you, my audience, to tell it like it is. And I will say this right now. If Mel Tucker doesn't get this program in the right direction, by a year from now, he will be fired as a Michigan State head football coach. If they're not bowl eligible a year from now, he will be gone. Because guess what? The Michigan State booster was so elated with two wins over Michigan. But now look at Harbaugh's ascension since Mel's contract. Look at what he's doing. He's a win away from getting back to the Big Ten, even with a loss in Columbus, where they're a seven-and-a-half-point underdog on the DraftKings Sportsbook app Big Board. That's still an 11-1 season, and they're going to end up in the Rose Bowl. Mel Tucker is getting paid to win and run a clean program. Those two things. Nothing more. And by beating Michigan... There was this false hope from boosters who wanted to ante up nearly $100 million that he would now own the rivalry, that he would own recruiting in Detroit. That because of his Alabama-Georgia connections, a transfer portal would be a shining light to instant national recognition, and they got it a year ago. And this year they've hit rock bottom. This year is as bad as anything you ever witnessed with Bobby Williams or John L. Smith. Not as bad as off the field with all the D'Antonio garbage and bringing in a kid who was under sexual improprieties, orders, judges, ruling. Bringing him in was the dumbest thing D'Antonio ever did. So Mel Tucker has a chance to be 9-3 and three next year to beat Michigan and or Ohio State. And the same pressure applied to Harbaugh now has flipped to East Lansing with Mel Tucker. And to have seven players charged for assault, misdemeanor for six, felony for one, after a game in a tunnel, when you watch the video, like animals beating up on an innocent animal, Mel Tucker is facing the toughest challenge of his coaching career. And I don't care about, well, he's got to get paid. It doesn't matter. No, it's not about the money. It's about winning the right way on and off the field. Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com. His thoughts on the Lions and the Bills. He'll join us next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Dirty oil can easily wreak havoc on your vehicle's engine, so be sure to change the oil at recommended intervals. And for a motor oil that outperforms conventional and synthetic blends, try Mobile One, the full synthetic motor oil that keeps your engine running like new. Ask for Mobile One at your local Auto Value Auto Parts store. And don't forget to pick up a Wix XP oil filter to complete the job, because when it comes to oil changes, we've got you covered at Auto Value, where service is the difference. We get it. 
Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at BeanCarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with... With $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the $100,000 Buckets of Cash every Saturday in November. Each week, we're giving away $25,000 in cold, hard cash. Drawings are 7 to 11 p.m. with every winner taking home five grand. Grab Buckets of Cash only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show is back live across Michigan on the eve of Thanksgiving Day 2022. I made my huge predictions. Had huge show on Twitter, the huge show on Facebook. I'll get to those in a moment. All of our social network interaction is presented by the Grand Rapids Gold, the Denver Nuggets G League team. They now call Van Andel Arena in downtown GR home. They're at home on Sunday. Every Sunday home game, family four-pack of tickets and a $20 concessions voucher for just $50. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com, Van Andel Arena box office, or just search Grand Rapids Gold Tickets. Now the tickets for the Lions and the Bills is a tough one on Thanksgiving Day. You get the Bills Mafia, who travels as well as anybody in the NFL, and the Lions' three-game win streak. I had... Multiple people, if not close to 100, ask me, hey, how can I get tickets for the Bills and the Lions? And I said, with a three-game win streak in Detroit and the Bills Mafia, it will be one of the tougher Thanksgiving Day tickets in a while. Michael Herod, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist, insider when it comes to the Lions and the NFL. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, huge. Uh, your thoughts on this game? You know, a lot of life in it. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you had Josh Allen and his injury. You had Buffalo in their blizzard. 
And now you have the Lions in a three-game win streak and Buffalo back on track playing at Ford Field this past Sunday. It's a big game tomorrow. It really is. There are a lot of good parts to this game, too. And you can start really, obviously, here in Detroit. You know, with a three-game winning streak the Lions have put together. They really put together really good. They played some good ball. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't, you know, they got a lucky break or anything like that. They played good football against the Packers first, then the uh, excuse me, Chicago Bears, and then last week against the, against the Giants. And I thought that might have been the Lions' best game in the two years under, under uh, Dan Campbell. Just everything they did, they created turnovers, they managed the game, they, you know, they're Got the four rushing touchdowns, three by Jamal uh, Jamal Williams. I just thought that that was a, a professional football team and a professional performance by the Lions. I thought it was really good against a team that was supposed to be, you know, one of the better teams in the league. I have to watch them. You know, I might not agree with that, but certainly, regardless of what I think, the Lions were the best team on the field. So, what do the Lions need to do to beat the Bills tomorrow? Well, it's not going to be easy, of course, because they've got they've got super. Super players at the, at the skilled positions. They really they got speed. They've got you know a quarterback in Josh Allen. But the only thing is, he's not playing his best ball right now. He sets some turnovers. I think he leads the league in turnovers. It's interceptions. He got twenty one touchdowns, I think, and, and ten interceptions. That's certainly not the ratio that you want for any quarterback, especially one who's a lot of people might think he's the best quarterback in the National Football League right now. I, mean, I don't agree with that, but he's he's right up there. Uh, wherever he is, so I think it's I think it's going to be a tough day for the Detroit Lions, but I don't think it's impossible. You know, it's a nine and a half point uh, spread. And if I was a betting person, I'd take I'd take the points and and, and maybe load up a little bit on it because I think the Lions are going to play well. Yeah, the way they played start to finish, I'm I'm trying to think of a complete game like that on the road. The last time I remember the Lions, I know they had the impressive game against the Cardinals. Nobody saw it coming. Uh, towards the end of last year. But that was that was a good one, Mike. Uh, we'll enjoy it tomorrow. I appreciate the quick chat with us. we got to get to a network timeout and enjoy the game, and we'll talk soon. Okay, and have a good Thanksgiving, Huge. All right, Mike O'Hara from Detroit on the Lions and the Bills tomorrow. Speaking of the NFL and the Lions, the DraftKings NFL Power Hour is coming up in just about 22 minutes. Former Steelers running back Merrill Hodge, he loves the Lions right now. He loved them before the three-game win streak. He'll join us, Dan Miller, Voice of the Lions, and Lomas Brown. During the DraftKings NFL Power Hour, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups. Up next, John Conlon, one of our soccer insiders. What a crazy day in Qatar at the World Cup. It's been a fabulous start to this tournament, and the Americans have England on Friday. We'll get our thoughts on the results the last couple of days and that matchup with the English. Conlon next on soccer. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hockey season is here, and Red Wings fans can discover why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Download the BetMGM app today and make every game and every play mean more than ever before. When you sign up, you'll enjoy instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, boosted odds specials, and the best daily promotions in the business. With the trust of MGM Resorts, the BetMGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on hockey or on any of your favorite sports. 
download the app and take the king of sportsbooks with you wherever you go. Get ready to turn game time into showtime. Go for the goal and light the lamp with BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League and the Detroit Red Wings. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Come back to the ultimate rock Christmas tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Two shows. December 4th, Van Andel Arena. Millions have made this their must-see holiday event of the season. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Trans-Siberian Orchestras, the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO and more. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the $100,000 Buckets of Cash every Saturday in November. Each week, we're giving away $25,000 in cold, hard cash. Drawings are 7 to 11 p.m. with every winner taking home five grand. Grab Buckets of Cash only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back live on a Michigan High School Athletic Association Wednesday huge weekend with eight high school football state championship games. Four on Friday, four on Saturday, indoors at Ford Field in Detroit. Get your tickets right now at any Ticketmaster outlet. Uh, walk-ups will be available, DetroitLions.com, I think, and MHSAA.com. They have the quick link there. Uh, all the instructions on parking, what, or parking, what you can bring in, what you can't bring in. Enjoy four games, I think, for what? A $20 ticket? All four games each day. MHSA.com with a quick ticket link and Ticketmaster.com and the usual ticket outlets. Boy, speaking of tickets, uh, Japan, Saudi Arabia? Mm, Saudi Arabia knocks out Argentina and Japan with one of the most stunning comebacks with two goals in the final 15 minutes or so. Uh, this World Cup is as crazy as any World Cup I've ever seen. John Conlon is one of our soccer insiders. He's standing by in the Meyer guest line. And John, uh, soccer and sports fans are just loving the start of this World Cup. Well, especially American fans that maybe aren't partial to the game. Um, they're loving it because there's a lot of goals being scored. And I think. Uh, that's good, but I think you're going to see that change pretty drastically the next couple of games. Typically, once they get into uh, tournament form, get a couple of games in, teams kind of tighten up. Um, they take less risks. 
So I think you're going to see a lot more one nothing games after we get out of group play. But yeah, right now it's it's there's been some shootouts and uh, obviously Spain you know put up a touchdown. Probably, hopefully the Lions score seven points on Thursday because Spain scored seven. Um, definitely disappointed in Germany. Um, Argentina was a heck of a game. Uh, you got to give credit to Saudi Arabia and Japan. They they honestly put on coaching masterclasses on how to beat world powers. They, if you will, it was kind of like boxing. Um, they both did a little bit of rope-a-dope. And the second Argentina and Germany exposed themselves, they knocked them out. And that's that's soccer. And one thing about uh, the Argentina game, a lot of people haven't talked about, 10 offsides calls and wiping out a potential like six goals or something. So that... That, that's something to watch moving forward. I don't think Argentina or Germany are completely uh, going to be forgotten before this tournament is over. Um, the U.S., they, they need a good performance because now you're getting into that goals differential category. Obviously, beating England might assure them a spot uh, in the round of 16. But your thoughts on the matchup with England on Friday for the Americans? Uh, I'm scared. <laughs> I think... Um... You know, I'll talk about real quick in a, in a minute about the tactics of the Saudi Arabia because I think it was interesting. But the U.S. kind of has to play like Japan did. They're, they're going to have to sit back. They're going to have to absorb pressure. And they're going to have to find those moments to counterattack against England and expose the uh, the back line of England. Uh, I, you know, hopefully Berhalter's game plan is similar to Japan's. I don't know. I will tell you the way Japan played Germany today, that might be the best defensive effort I've ever seen a team have against a, another great team. Uh, they and, and the U.S. is going to have to be like that against England. England's flat out better in almost every position. Uh, the U.S. is inexperienced and young, and they've got a couple guys that are a little beat up already after the first game. Uh, I, if we can get – this is terrible to say, but if we can get out of there with a one nothing loss or you know maybe a draw, like we're definitely going through, I think. But that's a lot to ask. Uh, England's playing as well as anyone in the world after that first game, and they're loaded with star power. I mean, they brought in off the bench uh, Phil Foden and Graylish, who are honestly, in my opinion, better than any U.S. player, uh, and that was off the English bench. So it's it's an uphill battle in this game for sure. Um, you know, I'd like to say that they'd come away with the victory, but I think if we can keep it close – and, you know, who knows, maybe we could pull a Japan and shock England. I, I just have a hard time believing that's going to happen on Friday. Yeah, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina and Japan today uh, beating Germany in group play. Uh, stunning. I am curious to see what the Americans do. And then I mentioned coming in, John, it's going to be about gold differential with that tie uh, with Wales. And they're going to you know have to watch what Wales uh, does and it uh, gets down to gold differential unless Wales would shock England and the U.S. would lose to them. Yeah, I mean, I think the advantage we have over Wales is that we have a great midfield and our back line is pretty steady. Um, I didn't think Wales was great defensively. Unfortunately, we just don't have goal scorers. Um, so you're right, it's going to come down to goal differential. I think that we match up better against England than Wales does, and it will come down to that. Um this is probably the biggest game, I think, maybe in U.S. history on Friday for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, you know, I just hope we have a good showing. I mean, I, I like this young team. I think they're fearless. I think they have great energy, great support, arguably the best midfield we've ever had. I just wish we had some goal scorers that could bail us out because obviously Japan did. 
Um, I don't know if you, if you saw the stats on that game, but Germany had 76% possession to 24 against Japan, which is the highest ever in a World Cup game. But once again, it, it, it's a game that comes down to a few moments, right? Like it, it comes down to making the most of your opportunities, and Japan legitimately made the most out of, out of their couple opportunities they had. Um, Saudi Arabia, what they did was completely unorthodox. They played with a really high defensive line, meaning they, they played risky. And Argentina so used to dominating a game and having, having the ball that they had a hard time playing with that space behind Saudi Arabia, and that's why there were all the offside calls. It was, it was just a, a tactical master class, I don't know how else to say it, um, by both Japan and Saudi Arabia. Fantastic start to the World Cup, the U.S. and England at 2 p.m. on Friday. John Conlon, head soccer coach at Byron Center High School for the women, uh, one of the top youth club coaches uh, with Midwest United, always will join us talking soccer along with the Baroni family. Johnny, uh, appreciate the update. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Yeah, my prediction, one nothing England. I think we give them a, we give them a great game. Um, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. And then, you know, then it's uh, – anyone's game after that. So thanks, Huge. I appreciate it. Yeah, good stuff. John Conlon checking in, talking about the World Cup, and he'll be with us along with Joey Brony and the Brony family throughout the tournament. Now, if you've missed any interview, any hour, any full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts to catch up on your schedule. Big. That's huge.